Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hello and welcome to Hyperspace Hangout, a podcast by Star Wars fans for Star Wars fans. I am Matt Starwin. And I am Ezra Skyhopper. Welcome aboard the Outcast. This is the place for all Star Wars fans where we discuss your thoughts and theories about a galaxy far, far away. Ezra, on a scale of 10 to 10, where would you rate today's Clone Wars episode? <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, uh, I guess the only option is 10, right? I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was that good. I mean, we're, this is like, it was, it was exciting. Um, we, we, I don't know, man. Every week, it just the hype keeps building, and I'm 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 so pumped. We've been doing um, sort of these collaborations with different podcasters, bringing them in. So it's it's real. It's also like emotional because we're getting towards the end of this. Like we're finally finishing up Clone Wars, and it's just it's just so emotional. It's so good. We have so much to talk about. Uh, but we have a special guest with us today, so uh, some of our listeners will remember uh, Lindsay from Clashing Sabers. We have Brandon from Clashing Sabers, and uh, so we wanted to check in with him. Brandon, how's it going? It is good, guys. Uh, on, I'm going to jump in on there. On a scale of 10 times 10 is what I heard, so it was 100? Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, that works <laughs> Did too. I hear, yeah. I heard yeah. that correctly. Okay, <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that my headphones were working. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like, uh, dude, I the, you said before we even started rec- like recording like and, and we're gonna jump to this later, but I mean, it was euphoric experience, religious, experience, just so good, right, Brandon? I mean, it was just like the energy. I'm, I don't know, man. I just can't wait to get in and talk about this. Uh, we want to get to know you first. We want to talk about how things are at Clashing Sabers and everything, uh, and then we're and then we're gonna get there. So I'm like restraining myself, trying to hold back, you know. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel I feel that you're like in the cage, ready to go, and and just can't get out. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, how have things been though over at uh, Clashing Sabers? And tell us a little bit about you know what's going on. Things are good, man. Um, you know, we're all kind of stuck in this quarantine mode, and so we've kind of tried to take advantage of it and get some more shows out and stuff. Uh, which, you know, we have our four shows that are available on our feed. Lindsay went into all of that and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I'm trying personally to pump out some more articles uh, while I have this time because I'm teaching. Uh, so I'm at my computer pretty much all day but not like working all day right so uh trying to get some more articles done there and then we are uh we are in talks of doing a uh, a push uh fundraising push donation push for our uh nonprofit branch as we go towards uh may the 4th so uh we'll have some more coming out on that but try to get some books into some star wars books into classrooms across the country um when when the school year starts back up and hopefully help some kids who uh you know kind of had a really abrupt end to their school year to be able to start off the next year right so that's something we're looking into and uh 
man, yeah. enjoying Clone Wars. You know, we've been te- our group has been texting all morning, talking about different stuff. So it's been, yeah. it's been a good time. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I actually I love that you guys um, are doing that uh, that push with with Star Wars literature and things. I think it's fantastic. So many really good stories there. And if kids like the movies, like Clone Wars. There's getting them into literature, whether it's comic books or graphic novels or the young adult novels. So good. I loved them growing up. I'm sure you did, too. It's just that's cool. I, I encourage all of our listeners to go go check that out and support that for sure, because it's well, you know, yeah. you know, here's the thing is like I, I teach elementary. So, of course, my my room is all Star Wars because once I moved in with my fiance, I had to figure out somewhere to put it. Yeah. <laughs> so my whole my whole room is Star Wars. But be, but because and this is something I, I I repeat so much because it's just so true. The kids see my passion for Star Wars and it bleeds into them, and then they start showing their passions. And sometimes, you know, sometimes I I have kids who will start reading nothing but Star Wars books, which is awesome. But because I give them the the freedom to explore these things and be passionate about these things they're able to be passionate about what they care about and so that's you know we're trying to to encourage reading obviously and hopefully support the next generation of star wars fans like these books you know did for us growing up but at the same time it's an opportunity um that we try to provide when we send that box to to get the the teacher to open it up to make a big event out of it for the kids so the kids know that People outside of them are invested in them, which is which is what you know the kids need these days to know that that in this big world with, that we live in, where they get all this information off of social media, and it's hard to to figure out what the real message is. To know that people care about you out there, and to really put in their heart the power of books, and uh, you know, so so it's a it's a something that I'm very passionate about. Obviously, as a reading teacher and a Star Wars fan, but I it's bigger than star Wars, which is really yeah. exciting. Yeah. I mean, it's like you're modeling that for them and, and you, you know, you being the adult, the model, the teacher. Yeah. It gives them that, that, uh, you know, openness to kind of go do that. I think that's, that's fantastic. So, um, okay. Well, well cool beans there. Uh, let's, let's see, uh, Matt, we got a couple questions here. I mean, we got to get to know Brandon a little bit, right? That's, that's the thing, mm-hmm. uh, before we, we get into our, our clone wars conversation. So we always kind of ask our, our guests just sort of what they've been consuming, uh, recently, uh, whether it be, you know, a comic book, a book, uh, obviously Clone Wars, you know, I mean, last night I had, so it was, I, I've been kind of a rough, busy week. So I always go to Return of the Jedi. That's where I go. I, I turn it on, you know, and I'm watching it again. My man, I, I don't know it. how many times it. I've seen it, right? <laughs> probably, hey. probably a hundred. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's low, man. That's low. Step your game yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, that, I, if you listen to anything I've ever been on, that end of Return of the Jedi is my my holy book. It's it's everything. So I'm yeah. right there with you. Yeah. I mean, I I've uh, right now I'm reading Cestus Deception uh, from the Legends canon, which has uh, been a really good uh, good book there that I'm enjoying a lot. And it's it's interesting to see kind of the different takes on uh, the clones that you get in in the books that were pre, you know, the animated series we have now. You see some inklings of making them more human-like and then some inklings of like they're just machines um you know that that kind of conflict uh that struggle that we get in the clone wars you can kind of see where they're starting to play with the ideas you know dip their toe in the in the pond and um so doing a lot of that and man i've been thinking a lot about you know what a jedi is supposed to be i've been working on some some articles about balance and jedi and, and just how we see so many different versions of Jedi, and to me, the people that are are the truest Jedi 
are those who we might not classify as Jedi or wouldn't class- classify themselves as Jedi or at least in a Jedi order. So thinking a lot about that and, uh, you know, trying to, to wrap my head around the whole nine-story Star Wars saga, you know, because we, we spent so many years with it just as these six movies. And uh, so, and I, I like the prequel, or excuse me, the sequels a lot. I like the prequels too, uh, but I like the sequels a lot. So I try to, I'm trying to, you know, find ways that to connect all of that together in a very Campbellian hero's journey, poetry type of, of way. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's great. I think, um, I, you definitely are a light side guy now. I can tell if you're thinking about the balance of the, of the force and the Jedi and what makes a Jedi, ah, uh, uh, sounds Dude, good. I'm telling you, I wrote 1,300 words the other day on wow. uh, that that compassion quote by Anakin. Yeah. So stay tuned to ClassicSabers.net for that because uh, I'm, I'm I'm pretty proud of it. But yeah, I'm yeah. a I'm like somebody. I'm like I want to have the red lightsaber, but I'm not gonna do anything with it. So <laughs> oh, <nice. laughs> I'm, a, oh, I'm a Jedi at heart, as much as I may try not to be. Yeah. No. Every once in a while, you got you got to take a look into the dark side, see what's going on. But no, that's that's great. I mean, that's that's really cool. I've not read. I have that book you're talking about. Um, I think it's actually on the shelf behind me, but I've never read it. I've never read that book, and I've I actually wondered. Um, yeah. Are you you're you're enjoying it? I really like it. I'm uh actually like three-fourths of the way done yeah um and it's it's a good mix of like political thriller action um you know you get a little bit of uh trade disputes in there yeah um yeah but it's it's a good mix of everything um it has been at points a little hard for me to take some of the things seriously because i made the mistake of looking up what one of the uh alien species looks like and Mm. uh they just look like giant standing ants so it makes it hard to take them seriously sometimes when I start thinking about that as I'm reading the book. But other than that, it's been it's been really good. Um, I've got like ten or twelve Legends books in there backed up uh, that yeah. I got before we knew we were going into quarantine that I'm yeah. very thankful for now. So nice. Um, some good, some bad. You know, kind of the mix of everything you get with Star Wars books. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. I. I um, I, 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 it's, it's weird. I, I find myself going back, trying to balance like what, what legends book do I want to read and then trying to keep up with the new canon stuff and, and, and all of that. I'm a little bit behind on some of the new canon stuff. So, uh, I got a couple, I got to go back and clean up first. And then once I'm caught up, I always feel, I always feel justified then in going to find something from legends that I can read just to kind of remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Okay. Uh, cool beans. You know, the, like, so I guess, Next question is this, you know, looking forward, we're not too far away from May the 4th. And I uh, just kind of wondered, you know, I know you guys are kind of, you have your big drive uh, going there. But even beyond that, is, are, are there things you're looking forward to? You know, maybe books, comics, um, celebration, what have you. Still no news on that yet, as far as I know. Um, yeah. Uh, c- celebration's the big one um, because the whole Clashing Sabres team is going. Yeah. So, um, we're really excited to be able to do that. And, and, uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens there. Um, as far as like what I'm looking forward to, man, I'm, I'm ready for some new Star Wars literature. I'm ready for some, um, I think the next book that we get coming out is, uh, Queen's Peril, which I really enjoyed, uh, Queen's Shadow. So I'm looking forward to that. And, I'm honestly, uh, I'm, I'm watching Siege of Mandalore, but I'm only letting myself watch it two times um, each episode because I don't want to overdo it, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I'm really looking forward to May the 4th when we get the Mandalorian uh, behind-the-scenes stuff and the last episode of Clone Wars because then I'm going to watch it all as one big experience and uh, 
so I'm looking forward to that and, and how they all flow together because you know like we're gonna get into man really really good um mm. I am still obsessed with baby Yoda I uh I got my <laughs> baby Yoda Turvis tumbler here yes nice uh, nice. Nice. with my other baby Yoda stuff so I'm always thinking about him and you know if he's getting enough chicken nuggets and uh <laughs> and stuff to stay healthy so you know that kind of stuff yeah, nice. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it, it's, I know. I, I, we do have some good literature coming out, and I think we're all kind of excited for... I mean, really, that documentary is going to be fascinating, and the wrap-up here of Clone Wars, it's all headed towards May the 4th. It's going to be such a big day, such an awesome day, and it's, it's a good thing. There's a lot of craziness going on in the world right now, so um, I think that'll be, that'll be really, really good. And, I mean, then after Celebration, depending on what happens to that, you know, Season 2 of The Mandalorian... That's like this summer. I mean, that is that is it, man. We are going to be just talking about that, taking what we learned here in Clone Wars, and and, and you know, kind of uh, trying to see. I don't know, just and being anticipating, uh, making predictions, thinking about, theorizing what's going to happen. I, I've already started a little bit with that um, of that with Lindsay, and I'm hoping to hear you guys kind of you know talk more about it on Clashing Sabers, just because it's that's where we're at. It's such a big deal. Like Mandalorian is so huge, and I want it to be just so much more i mean it was epic it was great i want it to be even bigger and better you know for season two so i don't know i think it will be uh i, I think what we're gonna get with season two is a much more lore driven show and and what i mean by that is is we're obviously we have the dark saber and everything and and the we're gonna get more to the mandalorians and stuff but i think what we get here in season seven of clone wars is going to we're going to be able to read it on a whole nother level from the the general audience, you know, who, you know, this the Mandalorian was just so crazy because I was so like everybody was talking to me about it. Everybody. Uh, my whole team was sending not my my school team, not my yeah. Clashing Sabers team, even baby Yoda memes back and forth. Like, it's crazy. Yes, it's crazy. Most of the time people are like, hey, did you see the movie new movie? What did you think about it? Right. Now I've got people like, have you seen Mandalorian? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Right. Which is super, super cool. And so I think we're still going to get that level of it. But I also think we're going to get like this whole other level where we as like the hardcore watched every episode of Clone Wars, rewatched Siege of Mandalore 45 times before, you know, the season comes out. We're going to get something on just a whole nother level that's just going to completely, completely blow our minds because, I mean... Dave Filoni and John Favreau, I would watch anything they do individually. Like mm -hmm. I would watch John Favreau like rewrite the phone book. I just <laughs> he's amazing. Yeah. Um. And so when you put them together, it like really is a super team. Um. And so I, I'm hoping we get more of that, and I'm really excited for the different um, people that they bring in to those because we get the different flavor. But I think when you have that communal brain, everything gets enhanced even more, which is. I think what we're gonna get, man. I think yeah. we're I think we're headed there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so too. Yeah, I think you're right. I know it's it's just so exciting, and, and I'm looking forward to all of it, and uh, and and really cannot wait. So it's exciting times. We got, gosh, we got High Republic. We got all sorts of cool stuff with that too. So uh, it'd be a lot more to speculate and and, and talk about and, and dissect. Um, so let's move into you know because I've been restraining myself. Let's we want to first just ease into what have you thought? I guess up to this point before this episode today. What, it, what what have your thoughts been on Clone Wars Season 7? I have... Well, before Siege of Mandalore, I've really enjoyed everything. Um, I am a diehard Ahsoka fan. Um, like, 
I can't put into words how big of an Ahsoka fan I am. She's been a very, very important uh, character in my own personal journey. And so um, I had no problems with the... Well, I shouldn't say I had no problems. I was cool with the whole Martez sister um, arc. I, I think they, it could have been tightened up a little bit and whatnot. Um, Bad Batch, you know, I'd seen the anim, uh, animatics that they released earlier. So I was kind of like, all right, cool. You know, I enjoyed it. It was good to see. There were some good nuggets in there. Um, but man... When that, I'm just gonna go into spoilers. Uh, mm-hmm. That that green Lucasfilm came up, man. Nine year old Brandon just like jumped out of me. It was insane. Um, and then the whole the whole first episode was was fantastic. And I actually have um, the uh, Clone Wars saved poster with Ahsoka with the fire behind her framed on my desk here mm. that I literally have been looking at now that I'm working from home for like eight or nine hours a day. So when we got that in the episode, I literally jumped up and screamed. I was like, yes, it was it was pretty, pretty friggin' cool. So um, I think I think once we get to look at everything large scale, it'll be even better because we'll get to see how each thing feeds into the next one. Um, cracks. It always cracks me up, you know, when uh, when people are like, oh, you know, this was filler episode. This was, you know, not that great. I'm like, have you ever watched anything by Dave Filoni? Like, he literally (laughs) doesn't do filler. Uh Like, in season two of Rebels, he told you what was going to happen at the end of Rebels. Yep, yep. He doesn't do things on accident. And so I just kind of sit back and laugh, and I'm like, all right, cool, let's let's wait and see. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited for that. But overall, I've been been really impressed. I think... um, I'm a I'm a big martial arts guy. I grew up doing martial arts, and so um, I'm always attracted to that kind of stuff. And I think the fight scenes that they've had, um, just the martial aspect of it, is uh, much more realistic than anything we've seen before. Um, even before getting to to what we saw uh, today with uh, with the second episode, just the Terrace Kasi Ahsoka is like <laughs> everything to me. That's what I'm calling it. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I've really enjoyed it. I think the whole team has really done some something special here that is... I, I think this is going to help redefine what animation is going to be in, in this new streaming era. Um, and, and it opens a lot of doors to, okay, you know, we, we have these animation series that are usually 22, 23 episodes. Can we do them in this 12-episode format, 10-episode format, and people be receptive to it? Um, and so... As a big animation fan, uh, I'm hoping that it, the the hype continues and that this continues to live up to the expectations that uh, we've all set for it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because I, 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 there's going to be more of this, and this is just sort of the wrap up to, um, you know, our Clone Wars. And so, so I, I guess you're right. We're looking forward to what else can they do with this. And you look at the storytelling that's going on um, here at the end of this, and you're you're actually right. There may be something that happened in those first few episodes of this early season that we're gonna get woven back up or that's going to really pay off or matter or what have you. Uh, there's already been a lot of this tie in back to early on in the series and it's being connected. We're seeing connections across the board. It's, it's, uh, it's just so inter- interconnected that I'm, 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 I'm stoked about it. So let's just, let's just get to it here. Um, Matt earlier did like uh, just over for us on our YouTube channel, did like a breakdown. So he, he kind of went through, you know, what was, what was happening. Um, you know, Matt, so your initial thoughts just on, on this on this episode. I mean, you, you were you were losing it. You were texting me this morning. Yeah, I was. Yeah, because I, I watched I got up early, well, early my time, uh, and uh and watched it. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that it is without question the best episode of Clone Wars. Uh, I don't, even, I don't even think IGN gave it a ten out of ten, which they rarely give anything a a ten out of ten. Yeah. Um. So I mean, it's the internet is you know quite literally exploding about this episode <laughs> right now. Uh, I think it, I thought it was brilliant actually. I think that it's it's absolutely brilliant from start to finish. Uh, I mean, there's so much. I did a breakdown in which I went, you know, almost like frame by frame. And there's so many little nods. Um, fortunately, I have a doc here kind of pulled up so I can just kind of talk about them. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's total spoilers for anybody who hasn't uh, seen the episode. But right. uh, so, you know, it starts off again. You know, as Brandon said, that green Lucasfilm uh, intro again. <laughs> yeah. It was epic. It was great. Oh, they actually, so they good. Actually, they actually skipped the... Uh, like newscast intro, which they normally do. It's the only episode of Clone Wars where they've ever done that. Um, mm. Is they skipped that news and said we got just the Clone Wars logo, almost like what they did in Rogue One, right? Where just then it kind of goes away. Um, so then, just like a couple a couple things I just want to point out here uh, that I thought was absolutely awesome. So you know, Ahsoka and Maul talking in the tunnels, and they're talking about the moment and Darth Sidious plan to take over and you're kind of in your mind you're like okay hold on what exactly where exactly am I at with Revenge of the Sith and then we see Obi-Wan right and he's talking about Dooku's dead right I mean so I mean Dooku's gone man so we're like we're you're like we're in Clone Wars and then you're like yeah and then you're like okay now um he's about to go fight grievous okay like things are moving like you know what's going on so there's all this weight of revenge of the sith held on on top of this episode so everything that happens you're like oh my god and obi-wan asking anakin to talk to or talk asks ahsoka to talk to anakin and now i think she's gonna and so we were talking about earlier today as does that conversation take place? And when in relation to Revenge of the Sith does it take place? You and I were thinking it takes place after Anakin uh, confronts Sidious and mm-hmm. has told Mace Windu, but before, obviously, he goes and executes Order 66. <laughs> maybe, like, maybe. In the middle. I, that, yeah. may, that conversation may happen. And, that you know, like the, I thought that they already left it on what would be a great kind of a cool way to end it with Anakin and Ahsoka's relationship with even with the Martez sisters where she's going off and then Anakin's going in this direction and yeah. you know he kind of feels her throughout the force I thought you know that would even if that were the final meeting between the two I think that would be kind of cool then they have another meeting right where he hands her the lightsabers and it's it's very reminiscent of Obi-Wan and Anakin's final conversation as mm-hmm. Anakin and Obi-Wan in Revenge of the Sith and now it may be something totally different if it happens. I do. I do think. I do think it's, it, you know, it's it, it's going to happen. Um, so that was epic. Then you know there was the uh, when Maul is down in the tunnels. We see Dryden Voss. That's a cool solo, uh, solo tie-in. That was a cool cameo there. They harked back to a lot of um, moments from the other movies. Right uh, when Maul. When Maul does the Kylo Ren uh, like probing oh. of the of the of the of, um, Jesse, Jesse. Yeah. when Maul does the Kylo Ren style uh, blocking the blaster bolts when Bo Katan is racing him, and then the total well, 
Did you did you notice the the same sound when he does that when he probes into Jesse's mind? They have the same sound that they have really? in Force Awakens. Yes, yeah, it's... they've kind of adopted that as like the Force probe sound. sound. Go back and listen to it. It's badass. Oh, wow, God. it's great. Wow. It's great. And then, um, when he's holding out his hand, it's total. I mean, it, it felt. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just sitting there being like episode. You know, episode seven or episode uh, eight, right? You know, Kylo and you know, yeah. join me, and then she agrees to, and then in what I think might honestly be the single best frame of animation in Star Wars ever, when Anna or when Ahsoka and Maul are staring at each other, and they have the Matrix style glass like that's shattered, and it's like flying through, and they're mm-hmm. looking at each other. It's like this yeah. is epic. We get Maul pulling down the lightsaber, like episode one, right? I mean. The whole thing, it, the whole episode was just, I mean, it was epic. I yeah, mean, Bri- was yeah Brandon, jump in there. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. I, well, it- that, that glass part uh, I wanted to talk about real quick because I think there's something there. Again, Filoni doesn't do anything on accident. And the turning point for Ahsoka happens when that glass shatters, right? She's just about to join him, and then she doesn't. Right. And then at the end of the the episode, what what's the last thing we see is Ahsoka staring up at broken glass. Mm -hmm. I think this is Filoni saying this is the shatter point for her. This is the point where because I actually disagree with you that we're going to see them talk again. I think the point of her saying to Obi-Wan, tell him and Obi-Wan saying I will Mm -hmm. is us. We're never going to know what that meant. And so it's us going, could she have said that thing that would have kept him from it? Could she have said that if she had said that? Yeah. And I think that's the shatter point that we're seeing there. The symbolism that we're seeing with with that broken glass is Filoni telling us, like, this is the point of no return. She could have gone the other way. She could have saved him from being Darth Vader. And that's the pain that we see in Twilight of the Apprentice when she says, I'm not going to leave you. Not this time. Mm -hmm. You know, she's she's not going to let him go. I have this I have this theory that Ahsoka is kind of like the light in the dark for Anakin. So when she's on Malachor and she stays on Malachor, I think the reason she's not in the fight is she is that, that darkness that's in Anakin is represented in Malachor. And she's the little bit of light that's still there, still clinging on that allows for Luke to grab onto something to, Mm. to reignite that light. And so just the idea that, you know, we have Ahsoka and Maul starting their, their confrontation where she said, Yes, I'll join you, but then afterwards she's not going to. I mean, Shatterpoint to me all the way. Like there's there's no way she can go back now to to make that decision again. Not that we can ever go back, but yeah. like we, these are the big decisions, you know. And, right. and I think it's one of those questions. I think that we're gonna ask Filoni for the next ten <laughs> celebrations, and he's gonna be like, I don't know. What do you think? I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. And yeah, you know, yeah. um, but but that was kind of the symbolism I was thinking about there this morning. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think there's a lot, gosh, there's so much, that's a really good point. You know, it's, it's, she is looking at that as this is an opportunity, you know, like could, could more have been done. Um, and, and it, either way, yeah, it, it really would be very impactful if we're thinking the whole time, what could Ahsoka have done? Cause the timing, you know, as, as Matt has pointed out is we're right there where maybe an intervention could happen, but it's, it's not going to, this is her course. This is where she's set. I mean, and, and also when she, she agrees to that, right? And she says, let me ask you one question, though. And they talk about Anakin Skywalker. I, I actually was, like, looking at it from, you know, I love Ahsoka as well. And I'm looking at Darth Maul going, wow, he's, he, he, like, started to connect with Dooku as in 
we're we're cast aside. You know, we are not. Yeah. Um, and I was like, whoa. You know, oh, holy cow. So, so, so that was interesting because I, I talked to a few other folks before uh, in, in in weeks prior where, um, you know. Everyone talks about Maul's just obsession with like Obi Wan. The whole thing is, you know, it was it was the wrong Jedi, and and even we were talking last week. Well, you know, it's Obi Wan, right? And then it's like it's revealed that it's Skywalker that he is trying to, you know, again seek revenge or or try to take that spot again, or he feels almost like he's cast aside. But in this chaos, he's going to get back what he maybe once had with Sidious. I don't know. There, Maybe I'm off on that, but there's there's just seems like there was a lot going on there. Everyone kept saying, well, he's single-mindedly focused on, you know, Kenobi. And that's true. I mean, we see a lot of that in Rebels later on, but it's like this was jarring to me to hear him talk about Skywalker and to hear him talk about wanting to to kill him, you know, and, and to bring him there uh, so because he realizes that moment is happening. I, I, just, I don't know. You guys got thoughts on that? I mean, that's, you know. I mean... For me, I, I always look at Sam Witwer's interpretation of Maul and how he's Sisyphus rolling the boulder up the mountain just to let it fall back down, right? I think the way that he sees it is getting killing Anakin is not going to get the boulder to the top, but it's going to shatter the boulder completely, you know? Mm. It's going to give him that freedom. Um, I found it really intriguing that it... And I, and I need to go back and like look at the, the language again, but it felt very much like Maul was simultaneously talking about how Sidious cannot be defeated and how he was going to ruin Sidious's plans. So I'm interested to see kind of exploring Maul's psychology there a little bit more and what exactly is he trying to achieve? You know, mm-hmm. he's trying to set himself up, you know, to, to succeed in, in the empire that is to come. He knows what's coming and he talks about it as it's, if it's inevitable. Right. Yeah, but he does, also yeah. talks about killing Skywalker and ruining the plans. So is he just trying to to slow things down so he can get a better position with the crime syndicates? Or like you said, is he trying? I don't think he's trying to get back on Sidious's side. I, I think he, mm-hmm. he harbors a lot of anger and, and um, whatnot against him. And, and yeah. so be, be interesting to see kind of maybe if we get one more meeting between them, you know, maybe if Maul somehow sees Palpatine when he's emperor. I think that could be really compelling yeah that, yeah i i just I, I was struggling with understanding that as well like like what is his goal i mean what what is he after because to me it, it had been traditionally that he, he whenever he fought kenobi or or whatever that was his he was just single might was focused on just destroying him and and things like that but this was um you know now that he's got the crime syndicates and he's there telling them to go into hiding as you say he knows that the that this empire that's coming is uh you know essentially it's it's going to to be this is going to be a thing uh yeah like is he just trying to make his own space in it um like here's the thing yeah like he says he says he says you need to grab whatever power you can those like that's that's what he says in the episode okay okay. yeah he says he says you need you need to grab whatever power you can huh huh wow so maybe it is just he's stalling because maul tries to do what palpatine does he tries to have all these you know fires going at once and bring it all together but he's not as good at it you know he's not as manipulative he's not as i mean he's not as smart as as palpatine is and so he can't juggle all of those things we've seen him do it you know and he's successful to an extent but you know how successful is he because by the time we get to the original trilogy we don't the, the only crime syndicate we hear about is the huts and when the huts don't seem to be controlled by anybody. So mm-hmm. 
yeah, maybe it, it's just the maybe it's just the power thing. Maybe he, he's just finally accepting like I'm just power hungry and I'm going to embrace that side of me instead of trying to get to some big end. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, and the, I almost I almost think yeah. I almost think is Maul like scared possibly for the first time. You know what I mean? Like like generally fearful. I mean, this is this is the same man that he saw, you know, kill his brother, right? I mean, and you know, cast him aside, and now that Dooku's dead, I mean, he, and he's having that realization, like you and I were the same, right? Like we were both, we mm-hmm. were, you know, we were both cast off by, by Palpatine, right, right. And he, I think, I think he's now realizing no, and because I don't know that, because he says, yeah, I want to bring Anakin here, but he, but I don't know that before Dooku's death, if he thought Anakin was gonna be the the one because it's like you know when uh what's his name the um, uh, god i'm blanking on his name i have it i have it over here uh the mandalorian who gets shot um bo-katan no no the bo-katan they're talking to the general the uh the guy who oh, gets oh gar saxon gar saxon yeah, yeah 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 uh when he's uh when he gets shot and he's telling them of the plan uh, you know, that Maul had this vision, right? Skywalker. And so it's like, it seems like all this is happening like all at once. And maybe, you know, maybe this, this isn't some long drawn out plan by Maul, but something, something soon. Uh, Prime Minister Olmec is who I met. That's Olmec. who, that's who gets. Oh, okay. Olmec, okay, okay. Olmec is the guy who, he gets shot in the cells. In the, yeah. Which by the way, they left the door open there. Like that was just yeah. a weird <laughs> yeah. thing. Um, yeah. but you know, it, it's interesting how it's set up, you know, when you think about, Palpatine and Vader and Maul and Ahsoka and kind of the what could have been because if Maul and Ahsoka team up it is it's the it's you know Anakin and Ahsoka it's Maul and Palpatine it's Jedi and Sith like it's all encompassed in those four um kind of that that tension that we see existing through the whole Skywalker saga you know which kind of gets gets resolved there in Rise of Skywalker and finally comes to a conclusion but to think Again, I think we're going to leave here with a lot of what ifs, which I really enjoy. I like theorizing about them. I like coming up with with theories from different angles and looking at it through a Campbell lens and a storytelling, you know, all these different angles. That's like that's my thing. So I like it. Um, but also I'm like, oh, man, I, how, I need some answers. I need some answers mm-hmm. in these next two episodes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, what, one thing, uh, Matt, that you said, like, is is Darth Maul afraid? I was starting to think. If he does know that this is inevitable, is he just trying to get, like, Ahsoka on his side here? Like, now that she's here, like, his plan was to bring someone else. But now that she is here, you know, he's trying to learn more about her, right? The whole thing that the mind probe was to to learn about her, to learn that she was exiled from the Jedi. It does seem like he's maybe, maybe he's calling an audible and switching things up here and trying to either play on some of her weaknesses or, or right. maybe... Um, you know, bring her as is it grab whatever power you can. And if she's this powerful individual that he could maybe, you know, bring on his side, he is offering sort of his hand here. And, and, and this, this gets pretty close to the point where it's like, okay, um, yes, I'll help you. But what does Skywalker have to do with all of this? And then he's the one, he says he's the one that's going to be, you know, um, the destroyer essentially is, you know, so I thought that was interesting. Maybe that does sort of feed into the idea that he is a little bit afraid or maybe not afraid but as you say in a a grab for power here he's just switching things up you know yeah well i mean just you know what you just said there right where ahsoka shows up and he almost calls an audible 
It's almost the exact same thing he does with Ezra, right? I don't think he had some force of vision about Ezra Bridger being the, you know, the one who should become his apprentice. I think Ezra was there and Maul was there, right, in Rebels when uh, the season two ending, right, where they're going for the holocron at the at the temple. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's I think it's just the same thing as Ezra and Kanan. And they're, they're all there. And then he's he talks to Ezra. And then, OK, well, you know, and then after that, he starts to think and kind of piece this plan together. Yeah. So I think it's very I think it's I like almost identical to what's happening here with with Ahsoka. You know, Ahsoka shows up and now, hey, let's let's do let's do this together. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that's the thing was we are going to maybe we're going to learn more about Maul going forward. I mean, they've got him captured. Can we talk about that for a second? Like, I did not think that that was gonna. I was like, there we go. He's out. You know, uh, Ahsoka did everything she could. That was epic. Uh, but then she's she's cap. She, she captures him, Brandon. I mean, that's a big deal. Ahsoka is legit, man. <laughs> she is like legit. So I don't know. That's good. What are we going to learn from that? You know, what are we going to learn from his his capture? Is he going to tell us more? Um and what does that what does that do for the story, or what does that do for Ahsoka and the Mandalorians? I I'm wondering if this is how we get the confrontation, or at least the meeting between Maul and Emperor Palpatine. You know, because mm-hmm. we're in that that I think uh, Pablo Hidalgo said Revenge of the Sith lasts about ten days. So you know we're about three four days into the film. We're right where. Order 66 is going to happen. You know, maybe we see, maybe we don't see him when he's emperor. Maybe we see him right before then, you know, or yeah. something like that. Um, I, I don't know if, if we see Maul get out, you know, I, I don't know. I think maybe this might be a bait and switch situation where, you know, Ahsoka trying to reach out to Anakin is, is the final thing. Um, and, and just, you know, like we said, it's that, that shatter point. So she can anymore. Um, it's, there's just so many directions that, that it could go. Uh, you know, I, I don't think we're going to get another like release from jail and then we get another Ahsoka and Maul fight. And, you know, it's just the same thing on Mandalore for the next two episodes. Mm -hmm. I think we're knowing Filoni and, and I'm a huge, huge Rebels fan. Like I've watched the entire series probably five times. Yeah. So I've really like thought through how he puts those things together and the final two episodes you know he doesn't he does not pull any punches if you don't believe that just go watch twilight of the apprentice again he is not about to pull punches in the last two episodes so there's there's so many ways that it can go and and i think just you know like matt you were saying earlier there's that pressure of revenge of the sith on top of us right now you know and so that pressure is already there so then to put it on top even more and I, I don't think i don't think the intention of giving us this season of clone wars was as much like hey you know thanks for supporting clone wars i you know here's here's clone Wars saved you guys have wanted it back it's here it is we can do it bigger and better i think that's part of it i think the i think that's like 10 percent maybe I think 90% was Filoni going, oh, I'm going to make Revenge of the Sith even more painful for you. <laughs> you know, because imagine seeing Order 66 through the eyes of Ahsoka. Yeah. It's going to happen. Yep. It's going to happen. So Yeah, yeah, I just I yeah. just pulled up the uh the day, the day I have a thing saved with all the days of Revenge of the Sith. So, yeah, we're in day 2 or day 3, like right now. Okay. Uh, okay. Is when is is what's going on. So I mean, uh if we're in day 2, which means Count Dooku would have been killed, you know, the day before everything happening. This is when Anakin is having that conversation with Yoda, right? You know, at the very beginning, and then 
at at night he's having the conversation <laughs> with Palpatine where Palpatine tells him, "Oh, you know, not from a Jedi, right?" So yeah. then day 3, day 3 is uh Kashyyyk um and then Obi-Wan and Anakin's final conversation and now I'm now I'm leaving cuz so he's probably it's probably we're probably into day 3 maybe like which is Anakin and Obi-Wan's final conversation cuz he's been given the orders to go to Utapau. And so yeah. now he's like he's getting ready to leave, huh? Dude, we're gonna have to do like a, a side by side together or something. Be, yeah, like that's 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 pretty cool because again, like Filoni gets into the small stuff. Like he's as much a big Star Wars fan as he is a little details person, and so like even just thinking about that, you know, Anakin goes to Yoda instead of reaching out to Ahsoka, or you know, kind of idea is like, man, because I always. The two things that always get me, and I think it's just a testament to where the Jedi failed Anakin, is in episode two when Obi-Wan tells him, you know, dreams pass in time. It's just like, he completely invalidates, uh, you know, everything he has to to say and feel. And then uh, Yoda, you know, when he says, let go of everything you fear to lose. I don't think they meant bad by that. Sure. I, I, I think what they did wrong was they provided the information without showing him how to use it. And that's where their fault was. Ahsoka would have been able to give him maybe not the same information, but she would have been able to give him something that was practical because that's the the way they communicate. Um, there's that that relational right, right? Like you can't just walk up to somebody on the street and be like, "Hey, you you need to stop drinking. You're becoming an alcoholic," mm-hmm. right? You can't do that. That's just not something that's acceptable. But right. you can walk into you know your uncle's house and sit down with him and be like, "Hey." I'm worried about you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, I think, the the dichotomy that we have here where even if it was a Nobel Peace Prize, Rhodes Scholar, greatest person ever, you know, kind of Yoda character that we have, if you don't have that relational right and you haven't built that in there, they're not going to listen to you, you know? Right, and, right. and they're not going to, they're going to try to find the negative things about what you said, which I think is is told to us by the way that that lucas uses the shadow in those scenes like he's covered in darkness yeah yeah no everything you said is is amazing and going back to those moments where they failed anakin essentially like look again too at this episode when i i I called matt before and i was like did obi-wan actually just say that the council it you know can be wrong and is not always right How how did he word that right i mean I was blown away by that because we've been talking about it for for years. It's like the failings of that council and what ha- you know. Yoda says that you know failed have I. I mean, in in so many ways, not just in this fight, but like it's just like the realization is hitting, and it's just so. I don't know. I mean, Luke Skywalker sees it when you know he's he's on Octo. It's just it, there's there's something there's something to that. And I I can't believe I heard him say it, and I was just like it broke me a little bit. I was like, oh no, <laughs> like oh, I don't know. What do you, what'd you guys think about that line? Well, I mean, again, it it was it came as no surprise to me, but that's because I am <laughs> nothing but highly critical of the Jedi Council <laughs> start to finish. See, my my favorite character is Qui Gon Jinn, so immediately I'm you know ah the the Council didn't know what they're talking about. I mean, again, I'll say it again: Star Wars Episode One, the middle of the movie, Qui Gon Jinn standing there in front of the Council and says. Hey, I think the Sith are back. Mace Windu. If the Sith were back, we'd know about it. <laughs> At the end of the movie, standing over a dead Qui-Gon Jinn, there's no mistaking it. The Sith are back. <laughs> <laughs> Mace Windu is the worst. <laughs> oh, man. 
I, 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 yeah, I was kind of wondering, you know, like that, you guys are looking at the timeline. A lot of stuff happens here. I mean, Windu in Revenge says, you know, if what you say is true, Skywalker, right, then, then he's like, essentially you will have gained my trust or, or, or whatever. Like, but stay here, do nothing. And he's like, but you need me, right? There's that whole thing where, where like he, Anakin's even looking for, for belonging in the order in which he has operated since he was, you know, very after, young. Uh, That's crazy. After he just, after he just uncovered the Sith Emperor they've been searching for for like, years yeah and and mace is still saying take a seat young skywalker it's like what in the world so i don't know and i think one thing i'm realizing too i'm i'm right now i'm reading dark disciple um because Lindsay actually has been pushing me super hard to read that she's like as why have you not read that so good it's yeah yeah. so good and i'm realizing it's so good because you're sitting there and there's arguments on the council and i'm like what like this is crazy stuff like the council does not always agree and so it just kind of worked out that that I'd recently read that uh, in in Dark Disciple, and now I'm seeing this again, where Obi Wan is is saying it. They don't always, you know, agree, and that's why you have the Grand Master, and you look to Yoda, who's got to make these make, make these calls. It's just it's yeah. tough. Yeah, man. I mean, I mean, think about this, right? Anakin t- goes to Mace Windu and says, "Hey, look, I've found Chancellor Palpatine is the Sith Lord we've been looking for, and he still doesn't grant him the rank of Master. I mean, come <laughs> on, man. I mean, like what?" Are you, like- Mace Windu is the worst. Absolute worst. I I think, you know, you're onto something there with the fact that, like, he's looking for that belonging in the order that he belongs to, right? And it's that idea, when we look at the, the full scale of things, of, you know, we have Anakin's fall because the people who are supposed to be his family, this organization, this this body, essentially a political body at this point, is not there for him. You know, and then we go to Ray, and what's the moment we really feel like she's become a Jedi when Luke talks to her, when she says, you know, Ray Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Um, so that idea of, you know, she becomes a Jedi, not because she's a Skywalker or whatever, or because she has the lightsabers, mm-hmm. she becomes the Jedi in through with the family that she has, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. that's what's been missing, you know, uh, when, when we get to episode, or when we're in episode one, the big break there is Shmi and Anakin. Everything would have been different if if she had gone with him, or if I mean, just imagine if like Qui-Gon White walked in and just you know chopped Yoda Watto's head off. Not Yoda. That would be a very different <laughs> set of movies. Yeah. You know, but yeah. like, and he's just like, ah, I'm taking this lady. Um, yeah, right. You know, things would have been way different. You know, yes. and it's that break of family that we we get partially restored in Return of the Jedi, but they don't really get to be together and and i know there's arguments against it in rise of skywalker um which we don't need to really get into but i have my own theories about how that really does resolve that issue so it's interesting to think okay now we have maul and ahsoka to bring it back to clone wars who are outside of the family but we have one that was kind of kicked out and one that kind of decided to leave um not family out of these orders Mm -hmm. and so where do they find where do they find the family? Which is, I think, kind of the point of the Martez sisters, and this is something that parallels real nicely with the Ahsoka novel, is the transition from Ahsoka thinking about things on a galactic level to a personal level. Mm-hmm. You know, Clone Wars, it's very much like walk in day one, like, I'm he- I'm here to be the hero. Hi, I've got my cape on. You know, um, think about the big galactic picture. But with the Martez sisters, she learns that she has to think about the impact on the individual people, which is something we see her executing on in the Ahsoka novel. And I won't go into detail in that, but um, I think I think that's a, a really nice 
look at how, you know, the the transition is looking for the belonging in this organization versus looking for the belonging in the people. And even if you're part of an organization you love, for example, the school that I go to mm-hmm. or uh, that I work at, I absolutely love. It is the greatest place I've ever worked in my life. We're doing amazing things to change the lives of children, right? Mm-hmm. But if you take five people, five particular people out of there, it's completely, it falls apart. It falls apart, mm-hmm. you know? The name is still there, but it's not what it needs to be, you know? Yeah. And that's what we have with the Jedi. The intention is to to do good. And there, no, no, no teachers in any way show up to go, you know what, I think I'm going to ruin this kid's life. Let's ruin the kid's life right. today. Does that sound good? Let's do yeah. that, right? And that's not what the Jedi are doing, which I, I, I feel bad knocking on them a lot, you yeah. know, because they are trying to do what's right. But there is an intention versus action dynamic that we have to look at, right? And their intentions were good, their actions were not. And so when we look at Maul and Ahsoka, you know, I think we kind of get a reverse of that, uh, particularly with Ahsoka, where her actions are good, now are her intentions going to be? Which is what I think we're getting to see her kind of struggle with, with, uh, you know, considering joining Maul. She's going to join him. Is she joining him to to end Sidious? Is she joining him to save Anakin? You know, um, what's the intention? What's the motivation behind that? Yeah, that's a really good question, because I was sitting there thinking, like, what is, you know, you can say that, um, but then what is going on inside of her? How is she rationalizing, justifying, whatever, you know, what is her, her intention there? And it, it is probably very good. And, and, and you're right. You know, the, the Jedi are just, they're trying their best to guide and to help, uh, etc. But yet at the same time, they, they yeah, there's, there's unintentional failings. And, and that's, that's okay. But that's something that, that definitely affected Anakin. And it's affecting Ahsoka. Um, it is all really uh, interconnected. I mean, she's, She's been exiled and, and, you know, Maul's been cast aside. We've talked about that. It's, it, there's a lot there. So um, really good. Now, I, w- I want to ask one more thing here. There's, there's something else that I, we, we need to touch on, and I know Brandon knows a lot about this. So Mandalore, um, the, the Mandalorians. One thing I noticed, and it was when, gosh, Ahsoka is in, she, Bo-Katan is there, uh, Rex is there, they're looking out, and it was when the clone troopers were policing the people. Did you see how the how the... Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mandalorian people were, were acting towards them, so they definitely did not like that, right? And that, to me, I thought was a little bit of maybe foreshadowing of things to come, like this resistance or this idea that you're not going to come in here. Like they, Even though there was this switch in power and these clone troopers were, were next to other Mandalorians who had come back, who were trying to you know, uh, reclaim uh, their, their world, that was... I just noticed it was just a little tiny thing, but all of them were kind of really agitated with the clone troopers. And I just thought, well, we're about to transition into the Empire here, right? I mean, so what, what, any thoughts on, on the state of Mandalore, its citizens, and, and what's happening there with this, this transition in power? You know, I, I think we have to consider that there's this great purge that we've heard about in, uh, in The Mandalorian. And thinking about, okay, when we were... Seeing it in Mandalorian, we were thinking about the Mandalorians wearing the armor, right? The great purge of them. But we see here that now there's kind of almost a balance in between the normal citizens and the warrior Mandalorians. You know, we've seen them swing from one side to another. And now there's, they seem to find their middle, you know, where they could actually be a problem. Where you have these, this body of people who believes in peace and believes in, 
you know, the the rule of of the people, right, that we had with Satine, but also is not afraid to, to fight for what they believe in in that warrior side. And so I think if you're going to have a great purge, I don't think it's just going to be of the warriors. I think it's going to be we're going to kill enough of you to make sure that you don't rise up again, that you mm-hmm. don't even consider the possibility of it, right? Yeah. Because you have to do something extremely drastic to get this military, this this warrior culture, this generational culture of warriors to hide in the sewers. Yeah, yeah. You know? So Right, right. that's a good point. And I think, Matt, in your breakdown, too, you kind of noted that... Yeah, Maul, Maul says that, right? Which I, I, I thought you know, was interesting when he said, um, when he's telling them we're all going to go up and fight is, you know, Mandalorians don't deserve to die in the sewers. Wow. Oh yeah. my God. I missed that. You just blew galaxy brain, dude. Well, as oh soon as he said God. it, I'm just thinking of the armor and you know, everybody. And that's, that's what he says. He says, you know, we don't, you don't deserve to die in the sewers. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was interesting. I was like, wow, this is, and, you know, uh, Maul says something else too to Bo-Katan when he's sitting on the throne, you know, um, when he says don't you should recognize your rightful ruler because i mean he did take mandalore you know you know I, I mean he took it right and so that's something else you know as i thought was interesting brandon when you were talking about you know a while back when we, we were talking just a little bit about um seizing power right it's almost like maul just throws away mandalore you know i got the crime syndicates now yeah you know, but you could have taken i mean you kind of did retake Mandalore. i mean you know just mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, like so, a lot of the theories, right, are trying to figure out, you know, what is going on with that in in Mandalorian. What is that clan? Who are the Mandalorians? Are there are there is there more? What's 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 happening? You know, and and how wh- where did this? How did they get to where they are? And we're starting to see some of that, as as Matt said and as Brandon said, you know, with with this um, confrontation, the showdown, the people changing, the Empire wanting to completely just dominate this this world and strip its resources um it's a powerful world very a uh, powerful people too so you you, you can imagine it's going to be a, a something palpatine's going to want to look to but yeah you're right i mean like there's that whole idea you know who th- their their traditions would say that that maul um you know because like the right of combat right and things i mean it was one and and now is the is the ruler um and, but, you know, Ahsoka beats him. So what does that mean about Ahsoka, right? You know, it's just, <laughs> so. Well, and I, I just thinking about it in, in like the big picture sense and thinking about, you know, we have the Mandalorians in or in the Mandalorian not taking their masks off. Right. Which we we, we have them taking their helmet, helmets off even in these episodes. And I don't think that's that's too big of a thing and it was made too big of a thing in the the show for it not to be something that gets covered right right so i'm wondering if there is some kind of we don't take the mask off so that you can't tell if we are the warrior people or we are the the people of the democracy right mm. like we have that inside the inside is hidden you know we still have that satine in us but you're going to see the the warrior side of us so that you know we we can be remembered you know the symbol that that armor is right yeah that armor is a symbol much more than it is i mean it's pretty protective uh he gets out of some stuff with that armor but it's a symbol for something right and if it's a symbol for something of like we need to fight but we need to fight with this good heart that Satine had 
that's the rebellion dude that's the mm -hmm. resistance you yeah. know that's that's ray that's luke that's leia um so i think it's a really interesting metaphor to think about you know um and, and even going back to like the sewers idea and and rising up from from being defeated you know are we going to see the mandalorians rise up here and and get pushed down into the sewers and maybe that's where we pick it up maybe they maybe they do maybe some one of the final things we see with the the mandalorians is them in the sewers because i'd never i hadn't thought about that parallel that would be insane yeah yeah you know, what if we just see like you know we see all these mandalorians going down into the sewers or something as like the empire is showing up uh <sighs> and then we see like just you know they just you like in in the distance you just see to see like one person with like a like the armor's hammer or something like that'd be like insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. don't put it past dave filoni to do to do something like that he goes big i mean he, he does yeah well i like i it's it's a good thought to think you know, they later on we know because of the Mandalorian that they have foundlings. This whole idea of those that they that they found to sort of bring into their creed, and they will have to at some point. I mean, this is whether wherever this happens in the timeline, but yeah, they're going to get stamped down, and they, they're gonna, this is going to happen. Um, the the Empire is going to do terrible things to them, so they're going to be fractured. And I don't know now. Now you've got me thinking more about Mandalorian season two and three and so on. Like, are we going to see the rise of of this people again? And I like the idea that they are. They do have this front where um, they have a lot of. There's a lot of good hidden underneath, but they're 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 stoic. They're remembered. They're they're revered, etc. Because there are so few, and that's why the foundlings are so important uh, to them and to and to sort of increase sort of their their numbers and their their way of life. Um, yeah, it's going somewhere because, as Brandon said, there, that's a big shift to go from where we are now to you never take your mask off. I mean, that no one that's they drove that home so much, and I was so confused at first by that. I was like, "What's going on? Why? Why? Why is it this way?" Um, and it's just, and you look at the hatred they have for the Empire. So that's where I'm like, "This has got to get to a pretty extreme level." And yeah, I don't know, I don't know. So it, it's it's radical, and it's I. So do you guys think, I guess, in the next couple episodes, we have Maul, he's captured. Do you think we're staying on Mandalore? I mean, Brandon, you kind of talked about this a little bit. Like, do we, are we going to go elsewhere or, um, because again, you got to wrap up the Clone Wars, not just Ahsoka's story. We've got Order 66 and a lot of different other things maybe to kind of get to. I don't know. You know, like, here, the thing I think a lot about in terms of like when the Empire actually comes to be is is the rise of nazi germany right the the scariest thing about the rise of nazi germany to me this this is going to sound bad but go with me mm -hmm. is not even the terrible things that they did that's not the scariest thing because i think now with this, the spread of social media and stuff like that if something like that were to actually be happening we would know quickly and it would get shut down quickly right so in terms of like a historical context, it's terrible, but it's not the thing that scares me the most. The thing that scares me the most is Hitler rose to power 100% legally. Mm. That is terrifying. Mm -hmm. Terrifying. And that's what we get with Palpatine. So we think about them, you know, moving all of these Mandalorians. I mean, they're doing it completely legally. The mm. clones are not, are not the air quotes bad guys here, you know, in terms of like following the law. You know, and of course, that's where we get the idea of like civil disobedience. You know, uh, imagine if 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 Nazi Germany had a Martin Luther King type figure, you know, um, how different things could have been. So kind of looking at it in that historical context of, OK, they're not doing anything that's illegal, 
but what if the laws are not serving the people anymore mm-hmm. you know um mm-hmm. and it kind of goes with that conversation about the jedi who's going to be the one to step up who's going to be the one to to look this organization in the face and say no not doing this not acceptable yeah who's done it before ahsoka tano yeah you know and so mm-hmm. um I think when we add it all up, we have, you know, her leaving the order, her standing up against this thing that is bigger than her. And then also we have her meeting the Martez sisters and realizing the impact that these big actions have on the people, you know? Uh, Yeah. It's it's powerful. Yeah, absolutely. We had um, a friend on a few uh, weeks ago, Tom Gross, who who talked about Ahsoka being fulcrum and being this this, this point where in which you're kind of... You're jumping off into a spark, even with the Mandalorians. If there's if there's hope going into the sewers or or leaving, there's still hope there, and there's this spark that's sort of um, kept alive by a, by a few of these individuals who, although um, Sidious rises and darkness spreads and and the, the Empire is is created, uh, they're going to kind of carry that and and take sort of what we've learned. I mean about the the, the failings of this society and the courts and. You know, uh, Sidious being in, in power for longer than he should have, and, and the Jedi being sort of manipulated, and and um, they're I don't know, like like they, they also even almost know it. They're almost in a system that they can't really, that they don't really know what to do because they do at one point almost acknowledge that they are that that they're that they're without a way here. I mean, that they're that they're lost or that they're falling short. Well, and to go to go back to like the historical context of it, you know, to to think about nazi germany and the fact that they did did everything legally right they knock on your door they put a gun to your face and say and tell you you know i'll either kill your daughter or you tell me where the jewish people are you know what are you going to do the the best of us can say we would we would stand there and protect and everything but we might not we probably wouldn't right Mm. but there's always that sliver of hope you know, that why is Anne Frank, the diary of Anne Frank, such a huge, phenomenal, important book in American history? It's not because it gets a happy ending and she defeats the Nazis or she gets out. They die. Mm-hmm. It's tragic. It is tragic. So why are we still teaching it to kids in elementary schools and in middle schools? Because it has that sliver of hope. That's the thing that makes Anne Frank special is she never gives up hope. Right. When she has no reason to believe in anything good, you know, she hasn't seen sunlight in years, you know, no reason to hope she has this hope. Right. So now look at Star Wars. Think about the most tragic moments that we have. Darth Vader. Oh, but we have the twins at the end. There's hope. Mm -hmm. Empire Strikes Back. But they're all together again. We have hope, Mm -hmm. you know. It, it's always about there's tragedy. There's these tragic things that happen, but we win because we never give up hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, you know, the, the the resistance, right? That's the whole message that Leia is sending is that they're the this spark that will light the fire, right? To, that's going to that's going to eventually burn the First Order down and, and they, they got to keep that alive. And I'll tell you what, there's one thing that the pre, that the sequels do really well with that is that they literally there's i mean it seems like you shouldn't have hope anymore there's nothing left no one's answering the call and it's just it seems really dire um but they keep with it they keep after it and they never do stop and that is 
there are dark times. And, and when dark times come, I think that is we have to and it's you know, you're going to have negative, bad thoughts and, and, and things will creep in there. But trying to find that will and thinking about these stories this is why I love Star Wars so much, really, because it is all about. I mean, you, you know, look, you look at episode four, you look at this new hope, you look at this, you know, we can still carry on. It's 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 awesome. And um, I guess now, you know, I'm thinking more about we're, we're really getting, as Matt said, the, the pressure here in the Clone Wars and to hear it actually said too, uh, again, to be reiterated by Obi-Wan that there's a dark lord and his name is Sidious and he's been playing mm-hmm. both sides and you're like. What I mean, and, and, and like that was said to him by Dooku. Dooku now is dead. They can't even get that information from him. So Ahsoka's thinking, maybe I can get that for the council. Maybe I can help them from out Maul, in some way. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Ahsoka getting that from Maul. Yeah. Um, but it's just like it's 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 a I don't know. There's still there is there still is hope there, but it's there, there's so much pressure building, and we know where this is going to as the viewer, and so that's what's also. Yeah you know, crazy. We're like, oh man, we know the darkness is coming, but how did they get out of this? How did anyone survive? And, and, um, where can we find those rays of hope? You know? So I don't know. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's wild. What you know, a Star Wars story can do. And, uh, and, and Dave Filoni has got us, I mean, so emotional, so hyped right now. It's, it's absolutely, uh, just, just ridiculous, but I'm still, and I think we're gonna have to, you know, later on continue the conversation about, Mandalore and the Mandalorian people and what's happening there tie it into I mean you gotta go we gotta go look at rebels what's happening there and just watch sort of all of this kind of unfold because they're definitely telling us our, our we're shifting towards a, a focus on these people who I think are going to be who have an interesting culture and who have had pacifist ideas but then also this you know death watch and, and a lot of different factions and stuff and then they emerge to what we see later on so I think Star Wars now is headed in this direction where they're going to tell us that story and we're going to see how these people evolved and, and what happened to that. And there's lessons to be learned, I, I think, from, from, from that. So, But, uh, wow, okay, guys, any, any uh, you know, final, final thoughts here? I mean, this is a great, I mean, Matt said it, 10 out of 10 episode. It was fantastic. I'm just... I just, a, just a final note, just yeah. because, again... I'm a martial arts guy, so I'm always looking at those things. The Maul-Ahsoka fight, I was really looking at Maul because, you know, they they did the mocap with Ray Park. Uh-huh. You can absolutely tell that it's Ray Park doing that. It's not – you can tell that it's not just them animating it really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's just these nuances to how Ray Park moves, the, the positions that he has with his feet, with his body. Um, and I'm a huge Ray Park fan. So, like, I've, wa- I've watched a lo- probably way too much Ray Park. I've watched the episode one fight a lot, right? Yeah. And there's just – there's certain stances that they put him in, positions that they put him in. Um, and I think that's kind of why we get the, uh, the, the double-bladed lightsaber back. Um, is is so that we can see that but um also i don't know hopefully this is, isn't a, a spoiler that anybody gets upset about later on because i don't know if it's going to come up D- if you look at maul's lightsaber half of it is ventress's lightsaber mm-hmm. yeah that's been yeah i've been seeing that broken down on twitter and, and yeah and stuff so like that. everyone's been saying that uh, that's pretty cool that's pretty cool yeah. but yeah, just the the uh, to go back to our our talk earlier about how this is going to be pretty groundbreaking for what animation could be in the future. I, I think right there you're looking at it because oh my god. Yeah, yeah. I mean Ray Park. I I'm also a huge Ray Park fan, and, and to have him do like that's cool. I didn't even think about that. So that would be 
neat to kind of get some behind the scenes on that and, and everything. Because I was, I was telling Matt, I'm like, that fight, you know, sometimes we, we debate, like, what's the best Star Wars fight? From now on, I mean, I'm putting that one in the conversation. Typically, we say, well, we'll just do movies only. Yeah, well, <laughs> it was such a good fight. It was so well done. I just could not believe it. I was hyped. I, I was sitting on the couch eating something, watching. I just had to, I had to stand up, and I'm sitting here going, like, what? This is, this is amazing. This, I've never, like, this is so, so, so good. I, I didn't expect it. I, did, I, I thought it was going to be, I, I thought it was going to be a good fight, but I didn't think it was going to be that level. And it was just so well done. So you're right; they had to have had some. What, what, what is it? What the technology, the the motion capture, whatever. Motion capture, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like that's really cool if they did that because it felt so real and it was so cool. And I just kept thinking, like, I'm so proud of Ahsoka. I'm so proud of Ahsoka. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So so that was so good, so good. Um, well, uh, Brandon, we're gonna have to have you back on because again, these conversations are not over and. Um, we've been doing this thing just just while we're going through all of this with uh, the craziness in the world that we're in right now. Uh, we're hoping so we've got two more episodes left, and uh, so we've got two more weeks. All of our friends who we've had sort of collaborating with us over the past few weeks, we'd love to have you back on for like a roundtable discussion where we where we look at what we learned in the last couple episodes and then just how does it affect Star Wars? What do we think about this moving forward? What do we like about it? Really, really just get into it because. I haven't been able to do anything like this since Rebels, you know, came out. We were having big roundtable conversations about, you know, Ezra, where did it go? The world between worlds, the whole thing. So uh, we definitely want to have you back on. But uh, before we let you go, though, um, where can folks, you know, find you guys? And you want to tell everybody a little bit about uh, Clashing Sabers and just your network real quick? Yeah, so uh, you can find all of our stuff at uh, ClashingSabers.net. We've got uh, our nonprofit stuff there. You can nominate a teacher to... Um, be sent books uh, sometime in the future um, and then of course we have our articles there we do long form kind of analysis essay style articles uh, that get into the the real deep nerdy stuff and looking at the uh, the poetry and Campbellian looks at things and stuff like that so um, if you enjoy this podcast you you'll probably enjoy uh, coming over there and reading that stuff and then we have our uh, podcast network which is uh, four shows in one feed so you just go over Clashing Sabers uh, we have the main show, which is uh, kind of just a discussion like this into the lore and, and analyzing the movies from a story point, from a filmmaking point, stuff like that. Uh, and then we have Don't Burn the Sacred Text, which uh, Lindsay and I are on together. So that's why we, <laughs> she's been pestering you to, to read Dark Disciple, because uh-huh. we uh, we spent a good couple hours talking about that. Um, and then we have uh, Starships, which is our shipping podcast, and Forever Star Wars, which is... Uh, I will argue the best podcast on the internet. Uh, and I say that not because it's on my network, because I literally only put, I, I, I just upload it to the feed. Uh, Mark yeah. does everything, but it is a uh, a fan experience type podcast. Um, he's done shows like Taking You Through a Trip in Galaxy's Edge. He's done a planet hopping episode. Oh, wow. um, he does yeah. all kinds of crazy stuff. And it's got, I mean, it, it's, the dude is crazy talented yeah, uh, yeah i don't know how i don't know why he puts up with me he's so good but uh <laughs> he does so uh come over and check that out and uh then just you know come hang out with us on social uh at clashing sabers on twitter and we have a uh facebook group the star wars clashing sabers where we have just recently started doing like daily activity type things uh so we have like a what if we have a meme feed uh things like that so if you want to meet some other cool fans uh discuss all of this stuff in in way too much depth like we did on here yeah you're gonna want to be over there so uh yeah 
That's where you can find us. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. I will say I, I, I've always enjoyed reading your guys' articles and I like going over there and kind of seeing, uh, you know, your thoughts written down and really, really, really look at that. Because when you go to write something, that's what I like that you guys sort of have have your articles because you really give that time and thought and you go through revision and you really think about it. Cause sometimes we're on the podcast and the mics are hot and we're just we're just a, this is I mean, we watched this episode today. So we're, this is just our initial thoughts. We'll, this will continue to develop you know, for weeks on end. So, um, so yeah, that's good. So we'll definitely, uh, we'll leave some links down in the, in the description and you guys definitely need to go check them out. And, uh, we will force, uh, Brandon to come back and have mm-hmm. continued discussions. <laughs> it's not going to be that hard. I okay. promise. Awesome. <laughs> okay. You're going to give me a microphone and tell me I can talk. I'm going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> nice. Awesome. All right. Well, we want to thank you for hanging out in hyperspace. Our next episode will be continuing to discuss your transmissions, star Wars thoughts, theories or origin stories or any memory from a galaxy far far away if you like our podcast don't forget to subscribe like us write a review leave a comment or send us a transmission at hyperspacehangout at gmail.com we will see you next time and remember that traveling through hyperspace ain't like dusting crops How to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.